The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to Falato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host of this program, this show, Nicholas Falato, and the draft is less than one week away, ladies and gentlemen. We are so ready for the draft here at Big Blue View to cover it for the New York football giants. What will they do with the 11th pick in the draft? Are they going to go after one of those two star blue chip type wide receivers, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, or will they look at the offensive line and say, that could be somewhat problematic. Hopefully Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater falls. Or they could just say, let's get our best edge and sure up our arguably weakest position on the defensive side of the football. I think it's fascinating, and I'm ready for it to happen, to be honest. So soon enough, and we're going to do a mock draft a little bit later in this program, but I want to go over some of the other things that are happening right now in the National Football League, and I think we should probably start with the trade the Kansas City Chiefs made with the Baltimore Ravens this past week. Their star tackle, the Ravens star tackle, Orlando Brown, Drafted a couple years ago out of Oklahoma, had a historically bad combine. Everybody overthought the process. He slipped in the draft, and the Ravens end up landing him, and he's been an incredibly effective starter for the Baltimore Ravens. He was unhappy with what was going on there, and everybody knew it. It was a public information, and I feel like this trade actually benefits both sides because the Ravens are able to get adequate value for a high-level starter, and the Kansas City Chiefs were able to find somebody to help replace the injured tackles that they released earlier in the offseason. And the Chiefs have come out and said that they are willing to bring back Eric Fisher. They are willing to bring back Mitchell Schwartz, but they have to rehab through these injuries. And the last time we saw this Kansas City Chiefs team was that Super Bowl. And that Super Bowl was horrendous because Patrick Mahomes was running around for his life back there. I mean, the Buccaneers had 26 pressures on Patrick Mahomes in one game. Tom Brady was pressured three times. (laughs) And I know, obviously, that Kansas City had to pass a lot more in the second half, so there's more opportunity for them to give up pressures. But damn, the offensive line just looked terrible out there. Patrick Mahomes making crazy sidearm throws parallel to the ground just did not matter. And you got to look at what the Chiefs have been able to do so far this offseason. They've been able to sign Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots to a five-year, $80 million contract. They were able to bring Kyle Long, former guard for the Chicago Bears, out of retirement to bring on this offensive line. And now they're able to land Orlando Brown in this trade. And they didn't have to give up 
all that much for a star level type of tackle. The Chiefs traded their 2021 first round pick, which is the 31st overall, a third rounder, a fourth round pick, and a 2022 fifth in exchange for Orlando Brown, then the number 58 pick in the draft. So it's a second round pick. So basically they drop from 31 to 58, and they also get a 2022 sixth round pick. So they really drop from 31 to 58. And they trade away the 94th pick, third rounder, and the 136th pick, and then a fifth round selection. And they get Orlando Brown back. And this is what the Kansas City Chiefs need, man. They really need to be able to protect Patrick Mahomes, their most valuable asset, so he can deliver the football to the Tyreek Hills and the Travis Kelseys and hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards Alaire because that offensive line couldn't really block either this year in terms of the run. It wasn't just a pass blocking issue where Patrick Mahomes was just tasked to extemporize all the time. So the fact that the Chiefs were able to pull this trade off. And the fact that the Ravens were able to actually get legitimate value for a player like Orlando Brown, who's talented, but everybody knew he was disgruntled in the situation. I feel like it's a fair trade for both sides there. Both of the uh, AFC teams who are contenders should be happy after that trade. And in other news around the NFL, we have the Browns picking up their fifth-year options on quarterback Baker Mayfield and cornerback Denzel Ward. And I think this is interesting because last year we saw something similar with the Giants. They had to pick up two fifth-year options on two players, and they did. And this year, it's time to pick up that fifth-year option on Saquon Barkley, their running back. They drafted the second overall pick back in 2018. And it's actually going to be advantageous for the Giants because right now, Barkley's cap hit for 2021 this season that we're in right now, it's going to be a sliver over $10 million according to Spotrack, Spotrack, whatever you want to call it. And next year, when they pick up his fifth-year option, it's only going to be around $7.2 million. So I think that's going to be an obvious decision. It was something they were going to always do. Where this might become a little bit of an issue is when the Giants are looking at Saquon Barkley and he can come back and be healthy after the season and they have to sign him to a long-term deal because we look at a lot of these long-term deals that have been levied out over the last couple of years to the running backs whose time, quote-unquote, it was for them to get paid, which, I mean, in some of these cases, it really wasn't. Todd Gurley, the Los Angeles Rams, gave him a huge deal, and he never played a damn down on that contract, which is insane to think about. If they just allowed his first contract to run out, they would have realized his knees were not good, and they would have traded him. But instead, they ate well over $20 million in dead cap trying to get rid of a contract that he never played a down on. That is not a situation teams want to find themselves in. And Saquon Barkley, yes, he's a different kind of cat. You know, hopefully he bounced back from this injury like a la Adrian Peterson, where he just reverts back to who he was and everything's going to be okay. But allocating that much money to the running back position is always going to be difficult. I think we could look at NFC East counterparts, the Dallas Cowboys right now. They gave Ezekiel Elliott a six-year, $90 million contract, about $15 million annual, and... <laughs> That's not looking too pretty right now, coming off a season where it looked like Tony Pollard had a lot more juice than he did. And he's set to be a free agent now, Ezekiel Elliott, in 2027. So the Cowboys are kind of buried with this contract. And that's uh, not a situation I want to find the Giants in, where they just allocate a bunch of money to that specific position. But the Giants selecting Saquon Barkley where they did, the Giants being the organization that they are, I can envision, and it doesn't seem ridiculous at all to think that the Giants are going to have Saquon Barkley reset the market if he comes back and shows that he is 100% healthy this year and then the Giants will have to find ways to pay Daniel Jones if Daniel Jones proves to be that long-term guy and look at a lot of the 
contracts the Giants gave out this offseason, even last offseason, where those contracts last offseason were set to expire, even though the Giants kind of kicked the money can down the line a little bit. It's uh, 2022 might be a little bit of a tricky situation, as Kevin Abrams said, in terms of the cap. So the Giants may have to get a little bit creative, and I hope they don't break the bank, the running back position, as much as I love Saquon Barkley, but I think it's pretty safe to say that they're more than likely going to do that. And I love the talent of Saquon Barkley. It's just you need to be able to pay those core guys on your team, those cornerbacks, those offensive linemen. And uh, the running back position is something where it doesn't seem like a lot of these contracts that are given out to a lot of star running backs ever end up returning the value that the teams hope. But we'll see with some of the contracts that have been given to guys like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. The Joe Mixon one did not get off to a good start last year, but hopefully he can bounce back. He's still like 25, 26 years old, so we'll see what goes on there. But before we get into this mock draft, all right, I want to also talk about big news along the NFL. A lot of people are losing their minds, and honestly, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And then one day I sat down and I was like, oh man, this is going to be a little bit weird. It's going to be a little ridiculous. And that's the NFL owners passing the rule to expand the eligible jersey numbers for the certain positions. We're so used to seeing, you know, wide receivers have to be low double digits into the teens or 80 to 89. And now they're going to be able to wear single digit numbers. We're going to have linebackers and defensive players wearing single digit numbers, and it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. I feel comfortable right now with the numbers that I know in my head. All that's probably going to go now because people are going to be changing to their college numbers. You're going to have people paying other players off for their numbers like we may see with the New York Giants with Graham Gano and Jabril Peppers, who famously wore number five at Michigan. Graham Gano's number five for the Giants right now, looking like Kerry Collins out there. But we're going to possibly see Jabril roaming the secondary in five and that might look cool but it might be a little bit of an adjustment period like I said and the expanded jury jerseys will allow the running backs tight ends fullbacks wide receivers and h-backs to wear numbers one through 49 and then 80 to 89 and you're like okay that's not terrible defensive backs can choose from one to 49 linebackers one to 59 and then 90 to 99 offensive linemen are 50 to 79 not much difference there Defensive linemen are 50 to 79 and 90 to 99. And then quarterbacks, kickers, and punters will stay the same 1 to 19. So seeing some defensive backs, some linebackers roaming around with those single-digit numbers, it's going to be a little bit of a shock, a little bit of a transition, just like when you watch college football and you see those star players out there roaming around with single-digit numbers. Looks cool in college, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get used to it the NFL level a lot of people are excited about it but I'm not going to be as excited when on Sunday I can't tell who the heck somebody is because their number changed I'm gonna have to keep tabs on that for sure and uh, one more bit of news NFC East Alex Smith he announced his retirement after 16 years in the NFL and the most remarkable comeback story the best comeback player of the year story anyone can write because he almost literally died because of that leg infection, because of that leg injury, ends up coming back onto the field and having Aaron Donald sack him basically while like two snaps in for the Washington football team. And it's just a remarkable situation in general with Alex Smith. And it's something to definitely applaud. I've always been a fan of his dating back to his time coming out of Utah, playing for San Francisco, ends up getting shipped out, but kind of finding his groove with Andy Reid. It was always a big Andy Reid guy even when he was the Eagles coach. And I hated the fact that the Giants had to play them twice a year because he's such a brilliant mind. But he was able to get a lot out of Alex Smith's career. And then Alex Smith was a true professional 
to groom Patrick Mahomes in that one year where Alex Smith started before Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes. So I always just had a lot of respect for how he handled the game of football as a professional. All right, that's a quick overview of what's been going on in the NFL. I mean, obviously everything's draft-related. There's a lot of smoke screens, but we're going to do a little quick mock draft, our last mock draft here on uh, Big Blue View, at least for my shows. So before we get into all that, though, let's just take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Alrighty, everybody. PFN.com Mock Draft Simulator. Click the Giants' seventh round. Put it on fast. Let's see how this draft materializes. There's trades in this. So that's going to be good. Alrighty. Giants are sitting there at pick 11, and we got two trade offers. We got the Saints looking to give the Giants a 28th, the 60th, the 105th, and a 2022 second for pick 11. Now, let me see who's on the board. Oof, Kyle Pitts is on the board, though. You know, I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to go with Kyle Pitts here. I don't think there's any way this is ever going to happen, to be frank. But hey, hey we're going to have my computer talking sometimes. I got to reject both these trades, and I got to select Kyle Pitts because the board fell. Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, Patrick Sertain, Rashawn Slater, Micah Parsons, and J.C. Horn. Kyle Pitts, you are the pick, my friend, at 11. Now let's next see who's there at pick 42. I would like to trade back, to be honest, and Green Bay not giving me a good offer here. A 2022 second, but that doesn't benefit me here. I'm Dave Gettleman. I can get fired. That doesn't really benefit me, and I got to drop 20 picks in the draft for that, and I got to give up my pick 201. Yeah, get lost, Green Bay. Come on. What do you think this is? And yeah, I'm not going to accept this Colts trade either. Looks like, Look at me. I'm just Dave Gettleman. I'm not accepting any trades. Now let's see who's available in the second round. Gregory Rousseau just went. Baron Browning, the Ohio State linebacker. Wide receiver Terrace Marshall just went, but I already went with good old Mr. Kyle Pitts to really just sure up everything. I have Jalen Phillips on the board. Very, very tempted to go there. 
anybody knows I'm a big Jalen Phillips guy. He's my edge one. I think I have to go in that direction. Yeah, Jalen Phillips, you have those concussion histories, but I'm going to pretend like the Giants were able to pass him, even though the Giants doctors, I'm pretty sure, didn't even get to evaluate Jalen Phillips because they didn't go to the medical combine because of the concussion issues, or not because of the concussion issues, because of the COVID that he ended up having. But he was checked by independent doctors that aren't affiliated with the team, which may give the Giants some pause. But I'm sitting here at the 42nd pick. They're going to Jalen Phillips. And you know what? I'm going to execute that. Get Kyle Pitts and Jalen Phillips in a draft. I mean, that's just something to love. Absolutely. So let's drop down to the 76th pick. Jacksonville wants to trade up, but they're offering me 2022 picks. You know, I'd probably accept that in real life, but I'm not going to do that in a mock draft because, no, I'm just not going to. And same with Atlanta. They won't. No, no. See, this these aren't great trade offers. See, this is what Dave Gettleman was talking about. He doesn't want to get fleeced. I feel like this this mock draft simulator is attempting to fleece me. So we're not going to go in that direction. And I would love to address the offensive lines. I got Kyle Pitts and Jalen Phillips. I mean, that's amazing to think about, to even discuss cornerback-wise, I'm not in love with a lot of these options. Linebacker-wise, I'm not in love with a lot of these options. You got Tyler Shelvin who's on the board. He's a good two-gapping type of defensive lineman, but I really want to look at the offensive line uh, position, specifically the interior offensive line. And we have Kendrick Green from Illinois on the board. We have Ben Cleveland from Georgia on the board. Aaron Banks from Notre Dame on the board. I'm a big Aaron Banks fan, but I want to check out the tackle position. You got Walker Little, has a ton of injury history. Hasn't haven't seen him play since the first week of the 2019 season. Brady Christensen, I like him from BYU. Spencer Forsythe from Florida. Deonta Smith from East Carolina. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. See, I like all these tackle options. Jackson Carmen, he's an offensive tackle from Clemson, who I believe is probably going to kick inside and play guard. But I'm going to go with Aaron Banks here, offensive guard from Notre Dame. I know PFN has him graded pretty low on their board but i really love this player and i think he's a value there in the third round so i'm gonna go with him there now let's drop down to 116 no trade offers people are not calling dave gettleman anymore apparently so just to recap so far we have kyle pitts in the first round jalen phillips aaron banks so let's see who is on the board here for the new york football giants at pick 116 don't love many of the edges. I mean, I like Daya Odenyengbo, but he's going to need a redshirt year because he has a torn ACL. He's the edge for Vanderbilt. Hamilcar Rashid, bad. 2020, he's the edge from Oregon State. Looking at the cornerbacks, Ambry Thomas has some positional versatility, can kick inside, can play outside, like Keith Taylor's length, like what he did at the Senior Bowl as well. We also have Tutu Atwell, an absolute just burner even though he's like 144 pounds or something absolutely insane to think about how small he ended up testing out everyone talks about devonta smith and he ended up just a lot smaller 2-2 that is he's a very fun player but i'm looking at this board and i'm not in love i would trade back from here from this spot to be honest i'm not in love with a lot of the players who were here at pick 116 a lot of these mock drafts i typically tend to like a lot of these players but i just don't see it right here I like a lot of these receiving options right here, but I think I'm going to wait. And I'm going to select Cameron McGrone right here. He's the linebacker from Michigan. I haven't really talked a lot about him. I did his evaluation back in the end of January, and I, I like the player. I think he could be a good inside linebacker next to Blake Martinez in that 3-4 base. I'd like to run those tight fronts, kind of keep his chest clean, allow him to scrape over the top. He's a good defender coming downhill using explosiveness and uses his hands well. I don't believe he's overly big. 
for the position or anything like that, but I do believe he's a solid option who brings a lot of mental processing to the position, and I think he'd be an upgrade over Tate Crowder. Just breed more competition, so we're going to go with McGrone there in the fourth round. Drop, drop, drop. No fifth-round pick. Did not trade back. Now we know what it's like to be Mr. Dave Gettleman. Now pick 196. All right. The Giants are looking at this board. Got Derek Barnes, linebacker for Purdue. Giants just went linebacker. And there's somebody that I feel like has slid a little bit. A player who is went to Florida State. And for whatever reason, Florida State never gets the most out of these, these players. It just did not seem like it. You look at their roster over the last several years. I think Asante Samuels probably like one that they've quote-unquote got the most out of. But there's a lot of defensive players in this draft that I feel like did not live up to the hype of being five-star recruits. You got guys like Janarius Robinson, who's still on the board, edge from Florida State. Joshua Kando, edge from Florida State, but he also has a lot of injuries. You got guys from Florida State like Hamzer Nazaruldine, their safety, who I felt like has all, or I feel like has all the potential in the world, just never really fully put it all together. And it might be an indictment on just the coaching staffs and the cycle of coaching staffs they've had there at Florida State. But looking at pick 196 and seeing Janarius Robinson, somebody who has all the physical traits, all the testing traits, all the length that you want, but just never fully put it together, seeing him at this point of the draft, I think I just have to add him. So I'm going to go with Janarius Robinson there. And we're going to drop the pick 201. Who do we have on the board? We got Trey McKitty, the tight end from Georgia. Tariq Thompson, the safety from San Diego State. Got Richard LeConte, safety from Georgia. William Bradley King, edge from Baylor. Jimmy Morrissey, center from Pittsburgh. I'm looking. I'm looking at the wide receiver position. I see Cornell Powell there, wide receiver from Clemson. Yeah, he was there for five years and no one knew his name, but then he ends up just being an absolute stud. You got Tamarian Terry here, wide receiver from Florida State. Another guy who hasn't really hit the potential that he probably can again not not a great situation down there for the florida state seminoles and so far in this draft giants have addressed a lot of key positions i'm looking at the running back position here you see someone like larry roundtree the third running back from missouri still on the board possible option looking at the defense looking at the defensive tackles nobody really stands out as somebody that i would like to invest but i'm gonna go with somebody that I've heard good things about it. Eric Crocker has talked about him. Eric Crocker's on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter. And that's Elijah Griffin, cornerback at a USC here at pick 201. Not an overly big guy. Somebody who can play the slot, can play outside. And uh, I think that could round out this draft, add more depth to the secondary. And the draft ends up looking very favorable, in my opinion, especially for a draft that the Giants did not trade back in because they were able to get just an absolute blue chip guy and Kyle Pitts at 11. And then Jalen Phillips fell to them at 42. We selected him. 76 is Aaron Banks. Add strength, power, meanness to the interior offensive line to uh, kind of probably steal one of those spots, I would imagine, from Will Hernandez or Shane Lemieux and have those two battle it out for another spot. And on 116, Cameron McGrone, just a smart decisive linebacker who can come in and compete with Tay Crowder and ultimately win that job. Then a 196 pure value when a guy like Janarius Robinson, we could put some more weight on Janarius Robinson and have him play more of a defensive line position if you want him to do that, or you can remain him at like 270 pounds like he is, and he could be somebody who can drop to the boundary, similar to Kyler Fackrell, but maybe not as fluid because Kyler Fackrell was much smaller than a player like Janarius Robinson, but still give him to a coach like Patrick Graham, and I think 
you can have a lot of fun. And then Elijah Griffin, cornerback, just depth for that cornerback room at 201. I think the talent there is something that you don't want to pass up. So this would be a draft that I would applaud personally. Uh, I would never in a million years imagine that Kyle Pitts makes it out of the top 10, let alone even the top six at this point. And Kyle Pitts is going to be selected. He's just too much of a stud. And then landing Jalen Phillips, I think, is also great. Alrighty, everybody. This has been Falada One Football. We did a little mock draft, talked a little bit about what's going on in the NFL outside of the draft. Everything's basically about the draft right now. We have less than a week. It's going to be very, very exciting. And please pay attention to everything we have going on at Big Blue View. We're coming out with content every day and coming out with some of the most comprehensive stuff you're going to see on the internet. So please go and follow us there. Alrighty, everybody. I'm Nicholas Falado. You guys take care of yourselves and let's go Giants.